Welcome to Egg Annex Talks, a podcast brought to you by the agriculture brands of Annex Business Media. Join the teams behind Top Crop Manager, Potatoes in Canada, Fruit and Vegetable, Manure Manager, and Canadian Poultry Magazines for compelling conversations with some of the most important voices in Canadian agriculture. Scott's has provided innovative horticultural products and solutions for more than 150 years. Our trusted retail and professional brands meet our customers' unique needs, whether it's products that are based on natural and organic ingredients or solutions adapted to provide maximum yields. Scott's Fafard brand is the industry-leading substrate partner for technical services, quality control, and innovation, an ideal partner for greenhouse and nursery growers. Hi, my name is Alex Bernard, editor for Fruit and Vegetable Magazine, and I'm speaking today with Jason Lanou with Agriculture and Agri-Food Canada's Harrow Research and Development Centre in Harrow, Ontario. Glad to have you here. Jason is one of the winners of our Top 4 Under 40 contest, so let's jump into it. How did you get involved in Canadian Fruit and Veg? So basically, like most people, I was just involved in agriculture with my grandparents growing up and uh, kind of sticks with you, maybe subconsciously. So there was always that seed that got sown when I was young, having a relative who had a farm and being out there, kind of liking it as a kid, just being outside and being able to get your hands dirty. And then I went to the University of Guelph for biochemistry, actually. And I originally wanted to be a doctor. Obviously, you can imagine how hard it is to be a doctor. And being at the University of Guelph, one of the world's best agricultural schools, you get exposed through either your courses, the people you meet, the professors that are teaching the courses, to agriculture in general, whether it's field agriculture, greenhouse, controlled environment, what have you. So you get exposed to it there. And that's kind of where it kind of shook something loose. Well, maybe this is something that I want to go into and and, and want to have a career in. After graduating my undergrad, I got a phone call from an OMAFRA employee, actually, to see if they wanted me to blend kind of my science basis with some of the agricultural work they were doing. So from there, I ended up being back at the University of Guelph for my master's and my PhD. So really, it's I got back into it by happenstance from being at the university, from being around people like that and, and getting the opportunity to not only do what I thought agriculture was as, as a child, like tractors and fields, but bringing in some of the, the more rigorous biochemistry, genetics, some of the stuff I had learned growing up. It seems serendipitous that Omafra contacted you because... I guess, did you have any idea of what you would have done if they hadn't? Or did you have a trajectory set? No. So I kind of like any new grad, I was fresh out of school, just working a, a landscaping job and trying to find jobs, sending out resumes to everybody, to, to pharmaceutical companies, to medical companies, to, to finance companies, really anybody at that point, just trying to get into the workforce. And then, yeah, I got the, the phone call from Omafra and it, it kind of changed my trajectory from trying to get into the workforce as a 21-year-old and then go back to school actually to get a master's, which was something I wasn't really too keen on doing at the time, but took the chance and took the opportunity. And from there, other doors opened to get me where I am today. Now, before we move on to the next question, if you could just give a little bit of a background of what you're working on at AAFC. Sure. So I am one of two greenhouse scientists that work out of the Harrow Research and development center. So there's myself and Dr. Zhu Hao. Our focus right now is on lighting in greenhouses. So how we can utilize LED lights to either improve growth during the winter months or 
to make it more sustainable. It might kind of sound crazy that we're going to be using lights and using electricity to make growth more sustainable, but there are some things that we can do such as 24 hour lighting. So a new project that we're, we're working on right now is growing plants under lights for 24 hours. So they never see darkness. Um, and in that sense, it's really the sustainability aspect of using electricity when it's not being used in Ontario, but still being made by the grid. So growers can use the electricity at a reduced cost because of that, they're able to use less fixtures during the day, light fixtures during the day. So obviously a, a reduction in total overall wattage used and power used. And then just spreading that power demand out over a 24 hour period and taking advantage of those quote unquote off peak energy hours. That sounds fascinating. I'm not as familiar with the greenhouse side of things because we focus more on the field horticulture, but it seems like a way to, like you say, make use of kind of an opportunity that's there and put less pressure on, I guess, on growers' wallets and the grid. Exactly. Yeah, it's it's kind of a, a supplement to what you see in the fields. Obviously, there's limitations to field research or field research and field growth just because of the nature of, of Mother Nature and the seasons that we have. So greenhouses have moved from secondary to field research, but now really we're, we're able to grow at scale all year round and not only produce fruit at a much higher quantity than what they, they used to do in the, in the 80s and 90s, but produce specialty crops as well. Like we're moving into strawberries and people have been doing vertical farming for a while now. And then obviously the, the special types of tomatoes that you see in, in grocery stores, most of those are, are, if not all of those, are greenhouse grown tomatoes, just simply because the the fact that we can protect our crops and that allows us to treat them a little bit different. And that does help out with the growing by local movement too. If you can have that indoor growing portion for the year round, but also especially for the winter months when you can't really grow much of anything. Of course. Yeah. Like in, in the Leamington Kingsville area, we're the largest group of, of greenhouses in North America. So talk about being local. If, if you're from the area, like I am within 30, 40 minutes, you have all the fresh vegetables that you could possibly want. What's one major challenge that you faced since joining the industry? One major challenge since I joined the industry, a very good question. I think it's, it's definitely keeping up with the speed of how the, the industry moves. So one thing going back to the first answer about how I got into the industry is people don't really realize the amount of technology that goes into agriculture, specifically controlled environment agriculture and greenhouses. So it, it's very hard to keep up with what, what the next big thing is going to be. I mean, now we're talking AI, Internet of Things, sensors moving in. So you, you need to have ability to move between all of these subjects seamlessly and understand what's going on so we're not falling behind and so we're we're bringing as a researcher our best product and our best research forward so growers can make informed decisions so yeah it's, it's definitely trying to keep up with the artificial intelligence guys and the the hardware guys for sure yeah it's not as simple as kind of staying in your lane and wearing your hat you have to understand how to wear other hats too right and 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 as a researcher most people in the industry want us to have that knowledge so we we can't go to them and say oh unfortunately that's not my field of expertise because ai is becoming our field of expertise automation robotics is becoming our field of expertise and that's where they want to know the cutting edge of all of this technology what's an accomplishment or innovation you're particularly proud of um an accomplishment and innovation for us would definitely or for, for me i should say 
would definitely be us being able to grow plants under 24 hour of light. So like I said earlier, it has economic implications, but for decades since the 1930s, I think it's the first paper that came out talking about this. Nobody had been able to grow plants under lights for 24 hours. Three, four years ago, Dr. Howe and myself came up with this kind of crazy idea to try it again. Now that we have LED lights and we can manipulate the light spectrum, we thought maybe using one color during the day and another color at night would kind of jog the plant's memory into thinking it was under normal conditions. And we did that in a few greenhouses, really not expecting anything to happen. And lo and behold, five months later, six months later, the plants were perfectly fine. They didn't show any of the leaf injury that you would typically see under 24 hours of light. And since then, it's really ballooned into our program mainly focuses on that, trying to optimize that, trying to understand how different crops react to it and even what different cultivars within crops, how are they reacting? And now getting back to what I said, getting back into the the AI of things and the genetics of things, trying to learn how these plants are able to cope with 24 hours of light because it's not normal for them. And we always, unless you're in the Arctic, you always have a a dark period at some point. So yeah, definitely our biggest uh, accomplishment or my biggest accomplishment that I'm, I'm proud of is being able to say we were the first people to grow plants under 24 hours of light successfully. I mean, that does sound like a huge accomplishment if people have been trying it for almost 90 years. Right. Yeah. And I did wonder if it would cause any sort of like additional stress to the plant to not have that downtime, but it doesn't seem to be that way so far. So it depends on certain conditions that are met. So some plants, for example, like cucumber, we found it doesn't really matter what color light we give them. There's obviously an upper intensity limit, but if we give them white light or red, blue light, like you might see in in greenhouses, it doesn't matter what color we're giving them. They just like light and they'll grow for 24 hours of light. Peppers and tomatoes are, are much more challenging. We need to kind of give them what we call a dynamic light spectrum. So either lowering the light intensity at night to kind of give them a a pseudo break or or changing over from a white spectrum during the day to a blue spectrum at night to kind of like I said before kind of jog the plant a little bit and give it a little bit of a break. You've kind of already touched on this and the fact that it's really hard to keep up with things but how do you think the industry will change in the next five years? Yeah like you said touched on it before definitely bringing in more AI more robotics that seems to be what industry wants and what we see being pushed from the the other end as well. So I, yeah, I think that would be changing in the next five years. And really it's, it's a, it's a great thing because now growers can take that information, be it AI or take that piece of equipment, be it robotics and optimize their production and tailor their production to specific things that they want. Like growers can now try to time the market. So if there is a season or a a part of the season where pepper prices are are known to increase year after year, they can time the production to get to that, to have their their plants producing during that period of time. So they're selling when when they'll they'll be able to get best dollar. So really, I think the innovation in those two fields and the willingness of growers to accept technologies that are maybe not thought of as traditional agricultural technology is going to be the biggest thing moving forward. Yeah, it's one of the things that has not surprised me, but it's one of the more interesting things I've found since I've joined the ag media world is that 
agriculture and horticulture and greenhouses are so technologically advanced and there's there's so much innovation and willingness to try new things exactly yeah and i think technology breaking into the agri- agricultural field was maybe it wasn't as wanted by growers back then but now that it has broken through and growers are seeing the benefits of it they're constantly asking for more and more and more they want more information where as before they might have been maybe seen the all that information and gotten overwhelmed but now they want to know what's happening minute by minute, hour by hour, day by day in their greenhouses. And they love it. And they're learning the same way we are now. So they see something happen and and they're willing to change it because they can visually see it in one data set. So yeah, the the introduction of technology and information like that and the the willingness from from growers is fantastic. It's exciting. What's one change that you hope happens in the industry? One change I hope happens is the, the continued willingness to bring in technology and to learn from other countries and other other fields of, of agriculture. I mean, there are there are things that are very similar between greenhouse grown plants and field grown crops. There are also some things that they do completely differently, but that's not to say they're not useful in the other field or in the, in the other growing setting, I should say. And now bringing in this whole caveat of vertical farming. What can that do for food security in the north? We have a project at Agriculture Canada where we have retrofitted shipping containers up in none of it right now, producing food, producing fresh vegetables for people who don't have access to it up there. So yeah, I think the continued willingness from growers, communities to to embrace technology that might have that might not be seen as traditional is definitely something that I hope to keep seeing over the next couple of years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially as the current supply chain disruptions and food security, it's becoming a more prevalent issue. Exactly. Yeah. And if if we can kind of shield ourselves, especially in Canada with our strong agricultural system and our strong work base of of farmers and and greenhouse growers and even just hobby farmers, people that want to stay at home and and farm in in their gardens, doing that and reinforcing ourselves a little bit from some of these pandemics that I'm sure it's not going to be the last pandemic we're going to have to go through is going to be, it's going to be fantastic. Mm -hmm. What advice would you give to someone considering a career in Canadian fruit and veg? That's a great question. I would say not to pigeonhole yourself or think that you have to be in a specific degree or, or not get a degree or any one of these maybe traditional things that people think about agriculture don't pigeonhole yourself into that because agriculture is growing and the need for people in agriculture is also growing. And the need is not specifically somebody who is able to drive a tractor or somebody who is able to grow a plant. There's now, like I said, there's artificial intelligence. There's people who need to code. There's people who need to know supply chain management, finance, even on the the mental health side. Obviously we've heard a lot about what's going on in the mental health of farmers and growers around the world. So there's people needed in absolutely every aspect of agriculture. So I would say not to think agriculture isn't an option because you took a degree in mathematics or in, in sociology, because those fields and and people with degrees like that are still needed in this realm. Mm -hmm. Well said. And the big old question, what's one thing you wish people outside the industry knew about what you do? (laughs) I think, it would be how 
knowledgeable growers are and how knowledgeable farmers are. I think sometimes it goes unseen how much they can do and how much the field relies on technology. It's not just our grandfather's farms anymore with just pulling a tractor, right? There's, there's reasons behind things that they do. There is technology behind that. And there is, there is a lot of smart people working on these problems to help out our growers to optimize Canada to be a global powerhouse in the agricultural field. Thanks for tuning in to Ag Annex Talks, the podcast hosted by the agriculture brands of Annex Business Media. You can subscribe to Ag Annex Talks wherever you listen to podcasts or visit eggannex.com to catch up on all of our other episodes. Thank you.